We start in Morocco, where three days of national mourning have been declared following the powerful earthquake there, in which 2,000 people are now known to have died. These pictures show the moment the quake struck the city of Marrakesh late on Friday, prompting people to sprint for the streets. The city is reporting a lower death toll than other areas, but considerable damage to buildings. Thousands of Moroccans have spent a second night sleeping outside on the streets, fearing aftershocks. Some have been describing their fears and sense of loss. I returned to my house and noticed many cracks in the walls. I cannot sleep there. I'm asking the authorities to help me and bring in an expert to assess whether it's possible for me to return to the house or not. Look where all these people are sleeping. There's no help for us. Our houses have been cracked, others destroyed, like my daughter's house, which has collapsed. We are in a chaotic state. It's painful to enter the ancient city and witness the collapsed homes and see people in great suffering. It's a painful experience. When this happens to your brother or sister, it's really painful. Live to Marrakesh now, we can speak with our correspondent Anna Holligan. Anna, welcome to you. Take us through what you're seeing now. Uh, we are in the heart of Medina, historic heart of Marrakesh, UNESCO World Heritage Site. As you can see, uh, there is rubble all around me here. And in amongst the rubble, these pieces of cultural heritage, if we can pan the camera up, Paul, to show you the minaret. This is the Jamal Al-Fana Mosque minaret entirely crumbled due to the force of the earthquake. And yet you have this strange juxtaposition in this square, which you'll be familiar with if you've ever visited Marrakesh. In the restaurants and bars all around the main square, people, tourists are, are coming out drinking coffee and yet go a little further beyond the city walls, all around the grassy areas, five-a-side football pitches. People have been camping out overnight. They're packing up their belongings, but they aren't sure whether it's safe to go home because they're still afraid of aftershocks. We were just speaking to um, a British couple who described the moment when the quake struck on Friday night. They said they weren't sure if there'd been some kind of terror attack. The walls started shaking, cracking. Uh, they dived under the bed for shelter, and then everybody came out onto the streets. Uh, but they've also been saying they, they aren't getting any advice. They want to help those who are affected. They don't know what to do, where to go. They're waiting for their flights home. The emergency services, the search and rescue teams are focusing on those remote areas up in the Atlas Mountains, around the epicentre of this quake, where the majority of deaths occurred and where they're still hoping to reach survivors who might be trapped under the rubble. According to the Red Cross, the next 24 hours will be absolutely vital in reaching any survivors who remain. Uh, we've just been speaking to some people as well who say they have friends who are trying to drive out there, but the rescue efforts are made more difficult due to the remoteness. The roads, some of them are blocked. There have been landslides, entire villages flattened. You can see as well, some people are coming out looking for their, their missing animals. Although here in Marrakesh, the very limited death toll, we're also hearing stories of, of hope, uh, from footballers who are coming out to donate blood to help the thousands of people who've been injured, who are waiting for treatment in, in hospitals, and others who are travelling from all around the country to try and do something to help those thousands of people who've been affected by this quake.
Anna, what are the authorities saying about how much support there is, how they're managing to cope with the huge numbers in hospitals uh, and also trying to reach those, as you say, in very remote areas because this earthquake in impacted a huge swathe of the country, didn't it? Exactly. Uh, the, the military has been deployed. It's hard to say how much of that support is actually getting through to these villages. We've heard from people in some of the affected communities who say they've seen no sign of any rescue teams at all. It's neighbours helping each other. We've heard that people are having to carry their, their parents to makeshift graves in order to bury them because the search and rescue teams, the support simply isn't able to get through. So it's a mixed picture. Uh, we are also hearing from the international community. So British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has said that a team is ready to go to provide support. US President Joe Biden has also offered support. It's hard to tell exactly what's needed, though, until they're able to establish the full extent of the damage. And that will require the teams locally to be able to reach these most affected communities, where it's thought hundreds of people are still trapped. We've heard from a father who said he could hear his, his children crying out from beneath the rubble. Um, 24 hours to 48 hours, according to the Red Cross, will be absolutely vital now if those people are to be brought to safety. And then the cleanup can really begin. In terms of what's happening here in the Medina, um, Businesses are reopening. People have been sweeping the streets. You can hear there are uh, some rubbish trucks coming to collect the debris. They're also bringing bricks and uh, pieces of rubble from across the centre and putting them here. There's also, if we can perhaps just pan around, some scaffolding being erected on the other side of this um, barrier, one of the souks. All of the, um, the electric cables have collapsed down. A lot of the, the walls in the hotels have cracked and people are afraid to go home. They're afraid to go back into their hotels and they say they aren't actually getting enough information from the authorities on what they can do to help themselves, but also to help the people who are really in those worst affected areas up in the Atlas Mountains. OK, Anna in Marrakesh, thank you for the update there. Well, there are huge concerns for areas outside the city, as Anna was saying. These pictures show the damage and devastation to the community of Tarundant. There are reports that entire villages have been flattened. Here, soldiers alongside residents have been searching the rubble for survivors. And roads to many of the worsted areas have been blocked by landslides and debris. Earlier, we heard from Caroline Holt, a director of global operations of the International Federation of Red Cross and Red Crescent. She told the BBC about the challenges they're facing in trying to reach the worst affected areas. The challenges are vast. We are still, of course, less than 36 hours since uh, the impact of this earthquake uh, and therefore that search and rescue efforts is absolutely the priority at the minute in order to make sure that we reach as many people as possible who are still stuck under the rubble. At the same time, of course, access to those more remote places is extremely difficult and challenging and trying to get the heavy machinery in to clear those routes so that we can access those worst affected areas, no doubt, where the epicentre was high up in the Atlas Mountains is key. Of course, and taking care of those that have survived is absolutely critical and that's work that's going on in parallel. 
We know that the number of people have suffered uh, rather severe injuries, everything from broken bones to severe head wounds, and really trying to prioritize and make sure that those people who are worst affected receive the medical attention that they need. But our teams on the ground, and certainly the Moroccan Red Crescent, who's our partner on the ground, are really working around first aid and looking after those uh, people, moving them away from the areas that are still, of course, experiencing huge aftershocks and the destabilization of buildings and the potential for those buildings to collapse has not disappeared. So making sure that we protect those people as well from any uh, future events. Um, the psychological trauma of this, of course, is absolutely huge. And, uh, and every single aftershock will start to bring those memories back and that trauma back with those people. So we're doing a lot of psychosocial support with them and mental health care too.